Soma Podcast is a space where we unravel energy layers that reside beneath mainstreams through engagement with people and practitioners. At its core, finding settlement and exploring understanding in order to duly aid us in creating more aligned physical and non-physical spaces. I am so blessed to realise the strength that making space and acknowledging self can give, as well as how grounded in authenticity and comfort energetic self-discovery can be. This podcast is for building your own environment and energetic solace with the help of explorative conversational enrichment. Welcome Mary Beth to Soma Podcast. (laughs) It's lovely to have you. you. Mary Beth is a writer and proponent of Herbal Inquiry based out of Los Angeles, California, whose work centers around environmental connectivity, self-inquiry and spiritual awakening through bodily awareness and ritual. Over the years, Mary has written a collection of zines, her most recent one titled An Intuitive Guide to Connecting with the Earth Where You Live, which now sits alongside highly praised zine, self-care in uncertain times (laughs) and introduction to finding connection in our modern world. Both on her self-run online store, which also holds more inquiry-based resources made and produced by Mary. I usually like to kick off with the question, did you have a space growing up that kind of acted as a catalyst for strengthening your relationship with natural environments or environment, like a sort of more organic environment? Kind of. I feel like... So I grew up in the suburbs of Southern California, and I live in Southern California now, in Los Angeles. And I really connect the sense of having a deeper relationship with the earth at a very young age to my maternal grandmother. Mm. She kind of, I don't know, I feel like she instilled a curiosity of the plants in me very early, just through her love of being close to the earth. And there's nothing really specific about that, except that when she lived in the Bay Area, she had like a strawberry garden growing just outside of her back fence. And she made it a point to take me there and show me it. And it became like this magical thing. Mm. And we always hiked every Sunday, my family... It was like our family ritual and our family thing that we did, no matter what was going on, no matter what tensions were in our own relationships with each other. It was like we went to my grandma's house, we hiked Mm. or spent some kind of time together outside. So for me, it really was a way of feeling a togetherness with my family, with the earth, space to like feel into who I am when I'm outside in the natural world Mm -hmm. even you know even in the suburbs that was possible and it wasn't very far away from us so I feel very lucky for that but that's kind of where it came from and I know when we talked earlier I told you my grandma would put like basil and zucchini and her salads and I was like this is so weird it's like (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it always felt very creative and very unique and I think she did that often she would bring in vegetables into our meals that felt strange but introduced me to like yeah just the creativity of working with the plants Mm. also that's so amazing and so I've never obviously been to Bay Area or the Bay Area would love to go (laughs) sometime but is it very suburban or densely suburban or is it kind of more spacious yeah so I grew up in south of where I live now Mm. in Huntington Beach and it's very suburban it's like a suburb yeah (laughs) yeah that is what it is but south of there there are beautiful rolling hills that are being built up but there's still a lot of access to wild space and it's right near the ocean and the Bay Area 
I lived there for a while, and I lived in the city. I wouldn't consider it suburban, no. That's Obviously, good. there are suburbs. Where I lived was not suburban. Where mm-hmm. my grandmother lived in San Jose was very suburban. Oh, so yeah. So she had, like, a lawn. Yeah, um, but she made the most of that suburban space. So. Yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to remember. I feel like she grew plants. Like, in my family, there's a lot of gardeners mm. on both sides, people who have an affinity for working with the plants. I think it's, like, a natural human thing. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I to yeah. That. There's a lot of, like, I studied photography in college, and my great grandfather was a photographer, and he ended up also being a gardener and yeah. being very connected with his garden and the plants. Mm. And he lived in a suburb. So it feels like it's a part of my lineage. Yeah. <laughs> I feel really similarly. And we were speaking earlier, and we kind of discovered that I have like a pretty similar upbringing in the same sense of like going away on weekends with the family and hiking and going and visiting rainforests and things like that and then having grandparents who were always in the garden and the garden was like a large focus of their enjoyment in life and you know they kind of brought things to you and you wouldn't usually eat like these weird (laughs) beans with little black spots on them and zigzags and all sorts of great vegetables. I grew up in the city pretty much my whole life up until I think the last space that my parents are living in now, which is kind of a bit closer to the coast. It's kind of halfway between the coast, halfway between the city and there's like lots of mountains and stuff in between. Yeah, I can definitely relate to the suburbia thing, hey. What is the best way you feel to integrate plants? into urbanization and urban communities and modern life i mean i can only speak through my experience Mm. but i think that it's like having it be a part of daily life so even if it's a little bit every day of shifting perspective around like noticing what is growing around you if you can't have a garden or Mm. there isn't a community garden where you live which is where i live right now but there is access to plants there are gardens that have been started there's plants growing through the cracks in the sidewalk Mm. there is a rich world of plant life yeah it's funny that you say like the plants through the cracks in the sidewalk because some of those weeds actually so healing and so powerful and you wouldn't even realize i don't know about the states and i don't know the scientific names which i wish i could remember because obviously everyone has different colloquialisms for things but ribwort plantain is something yeah ribwort plantain (laughs) that'd be like the first thing that i introduced somebody to because i've had several occasions the last (laughs) few weeks where i've had to actually use it a healing tool medicine mm. internally and externally what do you do <laughs> because it's everywhere well, here and i have thought about making tinctures with it but then i'm like oh i don't know even like having our conversation there's this excitement that happens when you start to recognize the plants that grow around you and it's really over time i mean it's something that needs to be cultivated and in my lifetime i can't say when or what this will look like it is my greatest dream to be able to build a community garden where it can be a learning space where people can come and get to know plants and to have it be a place that's very wild and weedy but it's possible to do like I could take people on a plant walk right outside my door there's an incredible amount of plants growing like I wouldn't say I could go across the street to the park and harvest them because I don't know what kind of maintenance they're doing like I don't know if they're spraying them yeah the other thing about weeds is they get sprayed that's (laughs) true and that's the hardest 
thing, I think, with weeds and cultivating in urban areas, you know what I mean? If you're not harvesting plants near spaces that are considered a garden or, you know, like just kind of lining the pathway or a community garden space, then, yeah, you're taking a bit of a risk there with pulling something out and consuming it, I think, to a certain extent. You can always wash it. The other thing I would say, too, is like I learned the language of the plants. Obviously, early on in my life but I was not conscious of it I didn't know the plants the way that I do now and so like I learned in Massachusetts and when I was learning I was harvesting a lot of plants what were you doing in Massachusetts there was a point in my life I used to be a very moving person I moved a lot left places a lot but I was at this point in my life I graduated from school as a photographer and I was moving around a lot and I was just starting to come into an awareness that that maybe wasn't serving me and where I was at in my life was not deeply connected on a soul level to who I thought I was. So I like briefly was in California staying with some family and they lived in Berkeley and there's this big beautiful native garden Mm. in the hills of Berkeley. And I was going there pretty much every day and I was bringing my camera because I was like, okay, well, I have my camera, so I'm kind of doing something. But what ended up happening was I was like just sitting there with the plants every day. And as I sat there, I started to feel like things changing within me. I was able to let go a little bit more just find some more spaciousness within myself and at one point I did get this message that was like you need to go back to the east coast because I had been on the east coast and I was like I don't know what to do with my life I'm gonna go back to California it wasn't aligned Mm -hmm. (laughs) this plant basically helped me to receive that message in myself that Mm -hmm. what I needed was to actually go back and find some roots I was born in Massachusetts like my entire family grew up there and I needed to go back to like my roots and really Mm -hmm. dig into the soil (laughs) there and literally I ended up being introduced to plant medicine and there was just this knowing like I need to know there's something in me that needs to be connected to this world and then I found a plant spirit medicine apprenticeship I started doing it so I was in the beginning meditating with the plants a lot we were also harvesting them a lot and we didn't really talk about what that meant harvesting from the land or whose land it was and what the kind of ethical things were around Mm -hmm. harvesting. People started to talk about that a little bit more and now even more so. Indigenous acknowledgement of the land. Yeah. Yeah, instead of just going into a space and starting to harvest, it's like definitely asking the plants but really feeling into the energy of the land and Mm. the story of the land and who was using the plants before we were ever here before it was colonized knowing hey i feel drawn to know that before i start doing things often and like there's heaps of resources here in australia to a certain extent about indigenous culture and there's more coming out about it like you said there's more information and more knowledge and stuff being shared about it but it still can be pretty hard to find you know yeah and i think it's something that teachers are talking about more i hope Mm. (laughs) teach about herbalism so i was in massachusetts for five ish six years and it was very clear to me that okay like i've come back to my roots now it's time to go back to california (laughs) yeah (laughs) because that's my other home i grew up here yeah and moving back here it was very clear to me that that 
harvesting all of my practices around that needed to shift drastically. And I really needed to come into more of awareness of what it means to take the plants from this land. So I'm just saying that because even when you're like out picking things, in your neighborhood it's still connected to the energy of this land mm, it is and so that's like i wrote my new zine with the practice that i invite people into is just sitting with the plants asking them to tell their stories asking the plants to share their wisdom with us and really cultivating a sense of respect and gratitude for all that they've like held mm. in the land it's really powerful and i think i've always felt that but i feel that very very strongly here in los angeles mm. it's very powerful and for people who want to do that further inquiry and ask the plants and acknowledge them and stuff like that how would they go about it you do speak about that in your book how do we do that how do we channel it or how did you get to a place or arrive at a place where you realized or understood how to communicate with the plants it took a very long time i mean i think there was an initial connection it was awakened in me right there's like something here and it was very healing there was this healing that i was feeling and i didn't really know exactly what it was but i think just it was over time and it was like letting the plants guide me so the class that i initially took we made tea with one plant and we sat with that plant and we sipped the tea and we just felt what that felt like in our bodies so I think that's really where it started. It was like, okay, what is happening within me when I'm in a relationship with this plant? So it's a deep somatic thing. It's a feeling it is, thing. It's, it's really like a listening. You're listening. You're mm -hmm. making space for the spirit or the energy, whatever that plant is holding within it to be introduced to you. This is like cultivating a relationship with the plant. It's different if you like it's an emergency and you need help cultivating a deeper relationship with the earth and i did it one plant at a time mm. just one plant at a time and that's why in my zine i invite people to do it with something that grows near them or grows around them and i can't say what will happen even working with the plants over time i started to recognize my mistakes when i would go into the land and just pick something without asking or over pick something and but really came through this kind of like learning how to listen more deeply and I've written and talked about this before that that was the path back to listening to myself and cultivating that same awareness with my body which has been very difficult for a very long time and the plants have kind of showed me this like path that felt very safe for me they helped me to hold a lot of space for everything that I was feeling and moving through at any particular time in my life I kind of talked to Molly which was another guest that we had on the podcast about embodiment and stuff like that looking internal to find that solace and that healing and that peace and making space in yourself to find that peace and stuff like that and I think your work definitely looks externally but has the same effect and because it's plants that you're working with and they have a very sort of pure energy like a non-invasive sort of energy it can be as healing as relying on our selves for that sort of solace and wellness and spirit and health, I think a lot of the time, which is really, really interesting. So do you have a specific ritual with plant connectivity or cultivation in your life at the moment? Well, yes, I'm growing a garden. It's a potted garden because I really do live in the city. Yes. It's, I, <laughs> it's 
concrete outside of my door, but mm. I really felt like I needed to heal through growing some seeds. Mm. I feel like a seed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting time to have this conversation because I do feel like I'm on the threshold. I always feel like I'm on the threshold. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I think we are. I mean, yeah, I wanted to cultivate some plants that I could use as medicine. What have so you got I'm growing? I'm growing some calendula and some California poppy. California poppies. And I'm growing some mugwort. Mugwort's amazing. Yeah, mm. and I'm growing some food. I'm growing some grains like mm-hmm. chard and collards and squash. Some borage, which is a beautiful heart healing herb, which I feel like we need all the time. But right now, especially, I really feel like it's a beautiful way to cultivate love in the physical world and within myself. And I mean that really deeply and seriously. For the plants in my neighborhood and every time I go out, I say hello to them or I'll sit with them and just kind of listen and be for a while. That's so amazing. (laughs) In this growing world and the fast pace thing and how do you deal with quantity because obviously harvesting ourselves in urban areas there's not usually large populations of something and so how do you cope Mm. with only being able to get small amounts quantities of herbs i think purchasing herbs from small scale herb growers Mm. cultivating plants with consciousness and i think that's a really important thing to do and i just work with one plant at a time or two plants at a time and I don't wild harvest at all right now and I don't know if I ever will at least not where I'm living right now I would like to find some more local farms in Los Angeles that would be amazing but that would be like the easiest way I think and what I would recommend searching out like small-scale conscious farmers Mm. And if you can grow like one plant or two plants and you have something that you feel connected to, I say try it. I mean, such a good idea. I think it will grow for you if it's something that you have a strong relationship with, you know. Yeah, I feel that too, actually. Even looking outside of herbs, even, I feel that really strongly. And it's a sort of weird idea because obviously there's a lot of programming surrounding like seasons and time of year and all that sort of stuff. But if you really feel connected and drawn to a specific type of plant indoor herb vegetable tree whatever it will grow as long as you look after it and you should be able to cultivate it yeah if you are interested in connecting with the plants and it's something that's new i guess this is just where i'm at right now in my own life it almost feels like i'm going back to the beginning which is something i've experienced in my life a lot i think and a lot of people share this is that we live on a spiral and so we do come back to the beginning often i feel that as well (laughs) you arrive there but you experience it differently to how you did last time that's i think what the main thing is and that's why i'm a big proponent of like every choice that you make will feed into another choice regardless of how distant they seem everything is connected i guess that's why yeah i really deeply believe in holistic well-being and stuff like that wait but i was gonna say yeah just (laughs) what i say in my zine Mm. is like if you go outside of your door and there are plants there just kind of seeing what you feel connected to or what plants are drawing your eye when you go out for your walk and like just exploring the world through that kind of experience yeah and not putting too much weight on it and just kind of letting intuition so this is like cultivating like i said relationship with the plants and the earth 
I think a lot of your work also has curiosity or the element of curiosity weaved into it. And you were speaking to that like a bit before when you mentioned that your grandmother kind of cultivated that idea inside of you. And so I was kind of wondering what your take on it is. And is it consciously integrated into your practice, that sort of curiosity and inquiry of external things and also internal and how deep that runs? Well, I do think it's a part of who I am. Mm. I'm not an astrologer, but it's a tool that I use in my life. And I've learned a lot about myself through knowing my birth chart. And it is in my birth chart. I mean, it's a human thing to be Mm. curious, but it is very, very deeply a part of me for better or worse. (laughs) No, it's great. It reflects in your work. As I said, it means that your curiosity and your inquiry kind of gets other people curious and inspires other people to inquire about themselves and external things. That's nice to hear. <laughs> that is how, I mean, I've always been a curious person, but as far as like my healing goes, it has been through inquiry. It's been a very slow process of healing. It really has been a exploration of the language of my body and asking my body and learning how to like listen to my body. I am just fascinated and curious about the human body and about the earth body and like our relationship to it and our connection to it. I've always been curious about that sort of stuff as well and I guess that's kind of what we look at here at SOMA. Work that kind of incites that curiosity of the human body and then things external to it and you know thinking feeling stuff. The way things weave together and are threaded together it's just like so fascinating. It is yeah. SOMA team is excited to now be offering direct support in the ways of energetic cognitive aid to community. SOMA sessions provide actionable steps and tools that you can use to remedy or support self-discovery, authentic alignment, creating boundaries, understanding energetics and strengthening intuition. Appointments can now be booked via the SOMA website www.somaai.co and we are waiving the fee for our BIPOC and LGBTQIA plus community for any sessions booked in the month of July. You can access the fee waive by entering BIPOC fee free or LGBTQ fee free in all caps at the checkout. For more information and general updates, visit our Instagram at Soma Project. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the episode. What do you do with new information when you discover something more about yourself? or something you've been meditating on slash inquiring about? Sometimes I write a zine. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess I sit with it for a pretty long time. It's like continuous self-inquiry. And it's why I said for better or worse, because I think what I'm working on right now in my personal life is really allowing more spaciousness for all of that information to be integrated. What do you mean when you say allowing that space? Like, what do you have in practice at the moment? Definitely. So meditation, that's a practice I have. But I think it's like, I get very excited, especially if there's something new and I'm like, yes, I love this and I want to share it. And Mm. like, I still do this and I'll just do it. And I'm trying now to be a little more intentional with the information that's coming through and really feeling into. So I guess that might mean I just 
let it live as it is, mm. you know, and I like go about my days and I don't share it right away. And I kind of let it have its own life. If that makes sense. I just, I actually write this newsletter. I'm feeling a little bit pulled away from it even to allow more space for my thoughts. Just the information that there's a lot of information coming through all the time, but yeah. right now in the world, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, external information and internal information. So mm. I've really had to, it's quite new for me. I talk a lot about spaciousness, but the practice of it it's is really taking <laughs> a new form in my life, which is really allowing myself to be present, mm-hmm. allowing myself to go about my day and let that information integrate. I just took this dreaming class and Ooh. one of our practices in the dreaming class was actually not to really take notes, but to just listen. It was audio based and through the listening and giving spaciousness for things to kind of integrate into our bodies Mm. and then later on starting to write down what's coming through and whatever comes through is kind of the part that we need to know or need to share or so it's just creating some time between the like And that's hard for me because I'm like, woo! Yeah, it's hard for me as well. And I've actually been really trying to do that also, I think, just to try and bring in intentionality. You know what I mean? Um, and it's and I'm trying to kind of dispel the idea of like, okay, I need to, if I'm grounded, then I am intentional. You know what I mean? Because that's such a massive misconception. It's such a massive misconception. And also not everyone operates in a state of traditional groundedness. You know what I mean? I don't. No, neither <laughs> I do I. Tell you honestly. And mm. it's hard because I felt bad in myself yes. for a very long time. So did I. <laughs> I still do. I still do have like heaps of shame around that, you know? Yes. It's Mm. an unlearning. After I learned it, I'm like, wait, this isn't actually right for me. And now I'm unlearning it and trying again, going back to self-inquiry of like, what does it mean for me to feel present in Mm. my life? And that's going to be constantly changing. So my idea of groundedness and what it means to be grounded is shifting drastically. (laughs) Yeah. I deeply relate to that. And I feel like my experience with it is pretty similar at the moment you know I've been seeing a transcommunicational therapist um, simultaneously whilst doing like some other sort of like somatic and embodiment work and stuff like that and yeah he really kind of highlighted that you know like that I still have a lot of unlearning to do and unpacking to do of this idea of you know a grounded person and what that means and like sort of just embracing the uncomfortability or or the rush of being like a more excitable and sort of go 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 person you know but then also giving it time for these feelings to properly sit and feel their way through you essentially so that when you do eventually communicate it it's exactly what you intend for people to hear whoever you're speaking to yourself even yeah Yeah, and I think a lot does happen in that invisible space of integration and letting things kind of just have some space to be what they are I'm very much a person that wants I mean I grew up in results and I want to be at the finish line and then Mm. so I'm learning that like obviously there's no finish line yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> but even like in my daily life, it's there's things coming in and just instead of maybe making sense of them right away, I struggle with this. Mm. <laughs> it's very critical. And so like if there's something going on in my body, like even today, I was like, okay, what's wrong? I need to know. Yes. Of, oh my God. Like, I just just, <laughs> And obviously that's connected to something very deep that I'm exploring. But within that, I'm trying to make space for my body to be, even if it's pain, it's like, okay, I can be here. It's okay. Mm. My body is wise. And if there's something more that I need, I'll know that. So it's like, instead of pushing my body into a more contracted space, it's really not easy, right? If you're feeling pain or immense grief and you can't even think, mm. you know? So it's really learning, like you're talking about, the somatic in my body, how to feel that spaciousness. And making time external to those points, those kind of like built up heightened moments and making time in the sense of really coming into your body in small ways breath work interacting with plants I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm like i need to hear this <laughs> right oh. what you're saying is like before we got on the phone it was so much of what was coming up in my day today it's mm. just like making space to feel my feelings on every day if yeah. i can Mm-hmm. In a little bit so that it's not this like deluge that like knocks me out for the entire day it's yeah. okay sometimes but it can't for me it's been like I'm exhausted I'm not doing this by myself right I work with a kinesiologist there's so much to, to process and unlearn <laughs> yeah. yeah and making that space as I said before it all comes up you know even with the work that you do you already do that by communicating with plants and making that healing space even when you don't feel like or you're not in a state where you feel like you really need it or you really need to de-escalate and stuff like that because we actually do always need it because we're constantly surrounded by things that activate us and turn us on get the cortisol pumping and then stress us out from the moment that you wake up just even looking at your phone dings noises other people in space as well is a really big one for me at least because that's just me i'm a projector human design thing i believe i'm a manifestor yeah yeah but yeah. i am a sensitive person so you must be a vata as well i reckon you're a vata for sure ten thousand percent i'm a vata which we've never talked about i did study ayurveda briefly so mm. i live my life kind of with those energetics connected to the plant medicine as well i'm big time vata energy as well big vata and then i'm a projector on top of that and like i guess just to go into it a little bit projectors are like not necessarily sensitive but they're always on they're always learning they're always taking things in always input 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 and processing to understand to better understand for the greater good of humans and people and whatever that's essentially a whole reason why we're here as far as design is concerned it's beautiful and yeah. it's just what I'm coming down to is that to be able to do that I really need to cultivate my own life, yeah self-care yeah but it's like but what does that mean so that I'm not exhausted all the time and I yeah. can do my work in the world and then these little spots of healing that you make or that you carve out for yourself purely for yourself means that when you're 
with other people you can actually invest all of yourself into it into relating with other people or doing whatever you need to do have to do work should i say it's not taking away from you if you don't let it you're strengthening your skill or building your skill to not allow these things to take so much or suck so much energy from you when you have to do them because we still have obligations and there are actually things that really heighten our flight or fight response get the cortisol thing happening and so you want to be best prepared for that moment it's like a practice if you're not practicing it outside of that moment how are you supposed to do it when the odds are against you They've been incredible allies in helping me to hold space for myself when I'm having a high-end experience, but on a, just a daily basis as a practice. I don't take a lot of plants, but, you know, I do it very intentionally, even if it's only a few minutes, but I'm doing it with intention and I'm feeling it in my body. For me, it comes down to a lot of, like, allowing the spaciousness, allowing myself to let go of the need to control what's coming in and out. That's so important. That's why, like, I wanted to talk to you about it because, you know, this is not something that I've really deeply explored, but I interact with plants all the time, but I don't communicate with them. I don't channel that sort of energy with them. So, for example, the other day, I wanted to have mint tea, but I didn't want to buy peppermint tea. And mint just grows as if it's a weed here in Victoria. And so I was just like, okay, I'm going to pick this mint, you know, on my walk. I know the exact spot like where I can just kind of walk past it pick it out and on my way to the shops you know and I just did it and I didn't even think about it like I didn't really even give thanks didn't really process it whereas other times I got this lemon verbena from the same street I was just going for a regular just a walk I guess I gave myself that time I allowed myself that time and I definitely took more time to communicate and understand where this lemon verbena plant was at before picking I just appreciated the moment a lot more or at least energetically it gave me more space and more rest in the second half of my day you're definitely communicating with the plants i think all the time (laughs) it's just a matter of witnessing it you know making space for that conscious awareness of it yeah i think and how things change like even listening to you talk about your experience with the lemon verbena that's just an evolution of your relationship with the plant Mm. even if you've been unaware of it that's so true yeah you've just brought this sort of feeling into the conscious stream which reminds me a lot of Robin Wall Kimmerer, her book yeah, Brain Sweetgrass. Absolutely. She does that heaps, yeah, as well. And I think it's really Just, important that we start doing that a lot. Every herbalist I've learned from, I was guided to this, well, through the plants, but then I've had teachers, continuing to have teachers, even if I'm not formally studying. So it's just, it really is like an inherent thing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What inspired you to focus on environmental connectivity and why is it a large part of your practice? The short answer to that is because it's been incredibly healing. I do think it was a doorway into a much deeper exploration of who I am and what my place is here on earth in this lifetime and all of the things that have connected to kind of make me who I am like it opened the door to so many things like my ancestral lineage it feels like a big question even though I was like the easy answer it's a big question and and yeah there's lots of 
The short answer is that it was very healing for me. And it opened my world to something that I didn't know I needed, even though that I needed something. And the plants were my doorway into deeper healing. And I believe that that's possible for everybody. I think we all have this connection to the earth. And I think it's really important that we start remembering it because (laughs) there is a lot of destruction happening to the earth and it might seem small but I really do think it's a powerful doorway to step through Mm. and I think it does shift our consciousness around relationships human relationships uh, energetic relationships beyond just the plant world it has become my life you know the way that I see and the way that I interact with everything you know it's really brought me into a consciousness of gratitude and that nothing like none of this actually like belongs to me you know it's like I say this in my zine but it's like the belonging I was looking for Mm. you know it's like this connection I don't even know if this sounds (laughs) it's really hard to put it into words yeah it's it's it is but what you're saying makes exact sense to me yeah I guess that's why I'm even doing this project essentially because it's been such a big part of my life and I've learned so much through these interactions and and this integration of natural environments essentially yeah and they've just had such a big impact and they always do and yeah they're really big for healing and growth and understanding ourselves because yeah we're societally we're told that this is ours you know what I mean this sort of understanding and this knowledge and this inquiry has definitely uncovered that we're not we don't own where we are physically necessarily and there was stuff before us it reminds us of that as well because sometimes a lot of the time with media especially it wants to make you think that you're just like you in this bubble and everything's out to come at you if that makes sense and so pushing back on that by virtue of understanding your connection to all of these things especially your physical environment can heal those wounds that you know the media is definitely keen on pressing onto us for sure it definitely has helped me to see how much i am a part of this like incredible web of life right Mm. and it's not just me and it's not just you it's like this really intricately woven experience to be here and that's my curiosity it's like i want to keep finding the threads of the web and keep connecting myself deeper to them and through this work I've obviously connected to a lot of people who are doing similar work or who are closer into the web with me Mm. (laughs) it's helped me to feel less alone I think what I've recognized and it's why I wrote the scenes initially was to help myself feel less alone and through doing that I think and I hope I felt helped all of us feel less alone you know anyone who's read them or but that feels like one of the most important things because that's what the plants taught me is that even if I'm like feeling isolated or I need to be alone I'm really never truly alone yeah alone and the earth is always there it is always holding us Mm. (laughs) you know yeah the earth earth is Um, holding us yeah it's hard Um, because for so long the earth has been considered in my work in how i've learned to speak of the earth it's she and obviously i actually don't know how to shift that 
mm. to a more gender neutral, inclusive language. I have an interesting relationship with that sort of relation as the earth as she, to be honest, because I think to a certain extent, I just don't believe it. Like, I just think that it is of so many people that it cannot be one person and it cannot be one thing. It cannot be one proponent. You know what I mean? It is made up of so, 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 so many different textures and colours and shapes and sizes and, and potential beings, you know what I mean? And so to restrict it or reduce it down to the idea of just being one thing strips it of its collectivity or the nature of collectivity. And in my experience and my knowing the earth, that's never what it's been. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, I have a friend who did ask about the moon, actually, and what mm. to call the moon. And the more I'm doing this work and connecting with people and putting my work out into the world and sitting with the earth, the more I feel what you've said. It's so multifaceted. There's so many different energies. And there's, like, masculine and feminine. They're a part of each other. Exactly. <laughs> somebody out there, <laughs> you know... It is not, it's like the last thing that I want to use. Yeah. <laughs> it makes the earth an object. So anyway, we're getting into a different conversation. But yeah. <laughs> earth, I don't even remember what we were saying. We were just The earth out. is always yeah. here, right? The earth is always holding us. Yeah. And that's something that I've learned. And so when I feel my most alone, because that happens sometimes, it's like I can go be with the earth. I mean, sometimes it's literally laying on the concrete and feeling the sun and reminding mm. myself that like, okay, the sun is here for me and it's also like a part of me and it's heal it's healing and yeah I don't have to just isolate myself and be alone yeah the sun's been a really big part of my healing a practice of late as well because like most mornings I'll just get up and um sit in the sun um because it's getting a bit colder here and I moved from Queensland which is like subtropic region to Victoria, which is like very cold. <laughs> so, um, we're getting into the colder climate and I'm just trying to get used to it. And, um, you know, like I was really worried because like, even though I like cold weather, um, I think the seasons and winter, winter, I just go really inwards and it really affects me a lot. And so having just even 10 to 15 minutes sitting purely in the sun just full sunlight feeling it on my skin feeling it warming me up and stuff like that is just so so important and so healing as we're moving into a cooler climate because yeah it reminds me that I'm here I don't know I really feel in my body when the sun's on my skin it's really ridiculous but it seems cool. so simple, but it's a profound thing mm. to integrate. It's like meditation, right? It's like 15 minutes a day, and yeah. all of a sudden, it's like been a year, and you're like, wow, I've profoundly changed. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, yeah, we won't, I won't go deeper. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can. <laughs> I think it's that again. Yeah. The quickest way I know how to, like, shift my feelings is like to go be with the earth in some way whether that's the sun or you know touching a plant or it does it's like a media almost yeah that's so true 
Well, thank you for <laughs> your amazing words and everything and just being ah, just beautiful to speak to. It's been so lovely, the conversation. Yeah, and thank you so much for being on the potty. Thanks for asking me. I, it's been really, really lovely. Very connected. Yeah. It's part of that, that web, you know? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I feel like, you know, our, our combined Vata energy makes for great conversation, of course, as well as other things. Yeah. yeah. All that Aquarius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. You can find Mary Beth over on her website, www.marybethhelen.com and links to any resources mentioned throughout the episode on www.somaai.co. Thank you for tuning in.